Wow. You know, um, I'm going to get to my topic in one one moment, I'm, and I have a friend who's here to help me uh, help me to release an encouraging word here tonight. Um, another one, but you know, you'd think Suzanne and I, since we're married, that was my wife Suzanne earlier that that had the snake skin stilettos on. Um, You'd think because we're husband and wife, we talk about everything. Isn't that true? Every husband and wife, don't you talk about everything? No, okay. The reason, the point I'm trying to make is that I didn't know, we didn't talk about this, so I didn't know she was going to say the first thing when she came up here after worship, breathe, breathe, right? Okay, here are my notes. I'm telling you, this is on the Lord's heart. This is, sometimes we miss like coincidences. I mean, we call it coincidences when it's the Lord making things really obvious. So right here on the top of my notes, it's time to take a collective breath. And I have three exclamation points behind it. We did not coordinate that. And that has nothing to do with my topic. But, but there's the first thing I wanted to say tonight. It's time to take a collective breath. You know why? Because we are all going, going, going like crazy. Even as a church, I, I got to tell you something. I was I was tired this last week. We have been going, going, going for the last several months with with the the building search, which we talked about, with the vision, that sun vision that I gave, and and uh, last week with the covenant, the belonging, some really important pieces. But we've got you know we have six elders, we have seven overseers. We've been back and forth just communicating about all these things. We got a website that just went up. I mean, it just feels like it, this has been a, a really good and important season. But like, wow, I just need to I need to get off for a minute and just relax. And so I actually did more of that this week. But relaxing didn't mean doing nothing. It meant more worshiping. I just sat with the Lord and got rejuvenated. And, you know, I know that's the way we're supposed to live all the time. I also know there's there's sometimes seasons where more is seems like more is going on, more is required of us. That's okay. Like especially those of you in the workforce, yeah, that's going to happen. But pay attention to what's going on this way, because if you don't take care of yourself, you know, after pushing a little bit, you're going to have a tendency to crash and burn, which sometimes can just be physical exhaustion. But sometimes that that means like checking out of life and doing doing stupid things just because you're not taking care of yourself. So I really feel like this is a big word from the Lord tonight that he's, he's saying collectively take a breath, which also means, you know, you're breathing him in remembering that your very essence is Jesus himself, that you were never meant to do this alone. And also ask him, Lord, what is it that I need? If I've been going too hard, too long, what do I need? to come back into alignment with, with who you say I am. All right? So that I, this is a word from the Lord tonight. It really is. And so I'm just going to stop and pray it and say, Holy Spirit, thank you for, for giving us repetition sometimes so that we don't pass over the very, maybe the very key word you're trying to say to us tonight, which is really to, to, um, to rest with you, not apart from you. And to breathe again and to realize it is well, it is well with our souls. 
that we can be in the eye of the storm, even with things just, just swirling around us, that when we are uh, centered back with you, when we know that you, Christ in me, Christ in you, the hope of glory, and when you know, so that you know that it's Christ in you and you are in him, Lord, bring us back to that place of knowing the truth that sets us free. We're not doing this alone. You've never asked us to. You've never asked us to push, push, push beyond what anything that you've called us to do. So bring us back. Help us, Holy Spirit. Help us Help us to look this way with you, look inward into our hearts with you to know what it is that our soul needs and our spirit needs to be healthy in Jesus' name. Now, for some of you, you actually already know what that is because you just got dropped in your spirit. It did. For some of you, you're like, okay, when I get home or tomorrow, I'm going to pay attention to that, okay? Follow up with that. Ask for the Lord's help. Say, God, that's what I want to do with you. I want to spend more time, whatever it is. Um, maybe even important, I just thought, here, thought of another one. It may be important relationships maybe that you haven't really given time to lately. So, um, all right, there you go. Um, tonight, uh, we're going to talk about abundance and generosity in God's kingdom. And in a little bit, I get to call up my good friend, Chuck. We're becoming better and better friends. I really love this guy, Chuck McCallum. So I'm not exactly introducing him now because I'm going to introduce him in about, in about 15 minutes, uh, to come up and add on to what I'm going to say. But, um, more than anything tonight, what, what, what we're wanting to release to you is, is the refreshing, the, um, the assurance that comes with knowing. I'm going to out-talk him. Don't worry. I'm going to talk louder than freedom. I'm gonna, I can do it. <laughs> Freedom's awesome. Um, the assurance of, of knowing that we have a God who is astoundingly better than we could possibly imagine. And so... Let me just, as a way of just coming into this, let me just say this. Um, in, in, our, in our covenant of belonging, there was a paragraph there that talked about uh, that should this be a, a, a place that you want to, to belong to, that there's going to be a part of you that wants to give generously to what we're doing. And I had someone inquire about that. And in fact, I want to I actually share what I wrote in an email back to them, but I'm going to do that in a minute. We've been talking about the building, and we know we need a God-sized miracle. Don't we know that? We need a God-sized miracle, and yet we totally believe it's his heart for us. Tonight, you just had, what, three opportunities. You had an opportunity to give to the mission of Blazing Fire. You just heard about different mission, two different mission trips, right? And some of you at times, you, it can feel like, wow, this is just weary. It's just everybody wanting money, right? Which is the very reason why... Joe and, and Todd said, ah, I just don't want to ask for it. And we've all been in that place too, right? And I want to say this, what, what's missing whenever we're starting to feel the weight of it, whenever it feels um, scary or whenever it feels like just burdensome, it's because we're missing the abundance and the generosity of Papa. We're missing the truth that this is his heart all the time. Um, remember, uh, it was Heidi Baker's book, the first one that came out, They're Always Enough was the name of her, the title of her book. And that was because when she was there in Africa, she felt that 
God, I can't do it. The, the orphans, they're everywhere. When she started to open up her heart and her home, they just came and came and came, you know, hundreds, then thousands. Lord, I can't do this. And God wrecked her in the middle of a, of a service, wrecked her in a good way, meaning he just overcame her. She, she was weeping, and Jesus actually took a piece of his own self and gave it to her. He said, this is my body broken for you. Heidi, take this because this is what you're going to use to feed the orphans. There's always enough. Now, wouldn't, wouldn't we all like to live there all the time? I would. And so tonight, what we're asking the Lord for is a shift in our how we're perceiving the Father's heart and how we're seeing heaven to earth. And we all, all of us, myself included, we can get caught in that trap of that the poverty thinking, the there's never enough thinking, and something has to shift. And this man who's going to come up in a while, Chuck, the reason why I asked him to join me tonight, he's a businessman in Livermore, and he... He's got that shift going massively in his life where, and, and he's gonna share some. I don't wanna steal his thunder, but that's why I asked him to come and talk tonight. But first, I wanna, I wanna go over this scripture from 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 11. I, I picked the message Bible just cause I thought it was so good. Now it's gonna start, it's gonna start by talking about our giving. But, but understand that's not where Paul is gonna end up. Okay, the first things are true, but he's gonna end up with a much greater truth about what we need to know about God. So it says, remember, a stingy planter gets a stingy crop. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. I want each of you to take plenty of time to think it over and make up your own mind what you will give. That will protect you against sob stories and arm twisting. In other words, (laughs) I'm going to change the scripture a little bit. God doesn't want whining givers. And he doesn't, and he doesn't want arm twisting. Whenever you feel manipulated, that's not the kingdom. I'm just going to say it. Now, sometimes though, when, when we have an opportunity to give, there's, there's not manipulation going on, but there's our own heart struggle going on. I'm going to keep reading here. He says, he says, um, God loves it when the giver delights in the giving. Now, why is that? It's because he says, that's my boy, that's my girl, because that's my heart. That's his heart. Now, Paul's going to show us this. This is Paul writing. He says, God can pour on the blessings in astonishing ways so that you're ready for anything and everything, more than just ready to do what needs to be done. As one psalmist puts it, and this is... um, I used to read this thinking, sometimes we read scripture and, and Paul, he's writing a letter and he's going, oh yeah, I heard it said once, or there's this song we used to sing because it's the Psalms. And it goes kind of like this. He's reminding them of a Psalm. This is Psalm 112. And, and uh, he's not actually talking about God right here. He's, this Psalm is talking about a godly person. It's talking about someone who is in awe of God and, and kind of lost in the Lord. That person throws caution to the winds, giving to the needy in reckless abandon, His right-living, right-giving ways never run out, and they never wear out. Now, where are we going to get that kind of heart? There's only one place, right? There's only one way we're going to get that kind of heart. This most generous God who gives seed to the farmer that becomes bread for your meals. Catch what Paul's saying. So this is the God who throws a seed out, and it comes back as a loaf of bread to you. See, this is God's idea. We always look with, with our own earthly minds. We're looking at 
how we think we're going to manage. How can we, uh, with the X's and O's, you know, how are we going to make this thing work? And God says, no, you don't get it. He says, you know, trust the goodness of my heart and watch because the things that I sow into you, they're going to come back. They're going to multiply like crazy. So it says that that most generous God is more than extravagant with you. I'm going to unpack that word in just a minute. He gives you something you can then give away, which grows into full-formed lives, robust in God, wealthy in every way, so that you can be generous in every way, producing with us great praise to God. Now, before I unpack this a little bit more, one of the reasons that we don't even talk much about the whole area of, of giving is because of a fear of not wanting to, to appear to be manip- manipulating in any way. The Lord's told me over time, Brent, that's not really helping people when you're not actually giving them kingdom principles. That's not actually helping you. Um, but, but here's the thing is that it says that, that, that God's wanting us to be generous in every way. So there's, there's a, there's a key in here he's trying to get us to get, to have. Because when we operate in fear and when we, when we don't think there's enough, that's, that's like a poverty mentality. And we then choose, we just say, well, I can't give, I can't, I can't, I can't. We're actually ending up, there's a, there's kind of a roadblock going on and we don't even know it. We don't know why. And on the other hand, he says, if I can show you my heart and if, if you can start getting my heart and, and believe me, it's not going to come in one day. It's not going to come from one message. I've, I've been getting this for my whole life, you know, trying to make this switch over. He says, if you'll trust me and get, and get my generous heart, there comes a time in which you so flow, the heaven so flows this way that, and that you begin to see, wow, I, I truly can't outgive God. See, that's a nice phrase, and we all like that phrase. You can't outgive God. You can't outgive God. It's actually true, but there comes a time in which we know it and see it, and it starts to operate, and we realize, oh, my goodness, this isn't about money. It has nothing to do with money. It's about a heart. This is about a heart. Now, check this out. That being generous in every way, I'm going to read this, this, uh, that one verse, verse 10, in the Source New Testament. Check this out. God who fully supplies every single expense plus more to pay for the seed for the sower and to pay for all the expenses for bread to the eater will supply all the expenses to pay for as well as multiply the seed you sow and make the crops of your righteousness grow. Now, I love this. If, you, if, you, if you're a word person and you like, you know, what does the Greek words mean? I would completely recommend that you get the source New Testament. It is only the New Testament. But she unpacks these, these Greek words down below in the notes. And uh, when Paul Young was here uh, last two, couple weeks ago, he was, he was giving us, you know, he, he, he loves this kind of study and unpacking the Greek words and saying, man, we're missing some of the intent of what the author said. I showed him this translation and he went to some of the hardest places. He's like, well, let me see what she does with this. Her name is Anne Nyland, I believe is her name. He said, well, let me see what she does with this passage. He's like, oh, she nailed it. I mean, again and again, he's like, wow, I've not seen translators get it this clearly. Now, what she says with this, that there's a verb, one verb that's, that means that first line fully supplies every single expense plus more. 
There's one verb that means fully supplies every single expense plus more. See our problem with language? You know, it's, it's translating so much and we, we throw in one word and try to call it good. And she says, no, that word is epikorigeo. Epikorigeo, which, which refers, I'm going to read it right here because this comes out of her book. Uh, out of the notes down below, refers to the paying of all expenses, every single one of them. Again, this is explaining God now, right? This is God to us. Refers to paying all of the expenses, every single one of them, even additional unplanned expenses. In other words, no stone is left unturned. The word is the same root word used for 5th century Greek drama, where a private citizen known as a koregos... So it's a slightly different word, but that's the root word. That person in in Greece would vie for the great honor of paying for the entire drama. Elaborate stage sets, costumes, training, whatever was needed. The expenses were hefty, but it was considered a huge privilege to pay the cost to make it all happen. This is the word Paul used. A word that was understood in their language. You know, Paul's like, you know, the, the one from the... You know, the one it's that, that pays for the whole, the whole thing. And this is the deal. At the end of, at the, end of the, um, the play, the drama, after it's all done and the curtain falls, they bring up this, this person that paid for it all, and they get a standing ovation for making it all happen. And I'm telling you something. The day is coming soon. When we're going to be standing in heaven and collectively we're going to be roaring for the one who made it all happen from start to finish. He said, what I started in you, I will finish in you. It's not just that he's going to get us through. It's not like we're going to be just ragged and torn and barely making it. He says, no, I'm going to show you how I blessed you every day of your life. Some of, some of those blessings you knew about, some of them you never even saw. You just, you just took it, but you didn't know they were from me. And I'm saying all of us, myself included in this room, we need that shift. We need the shift to know how good our Papa is. We need to know that this is, this is our dad. The one who loves to take care of us. And Satan's, Satan's gonna do the opposite. You know, the enemy's gonna do the opposite. Oh, look at, he didn't do this for you and he didn't do that. And then we start going down this spiral. I'm telling you, it's a lie. Flat out, that's a lie. He always takes care of us as his kids. Sometimes it doesn't happen the way we think, and that's where we get crossed up. But can I tell you, he loves taking care of you. That's his covenant promise. It's what he loves to do. So I just wanted to, I just wanted to set the table for, for my friend Chuck, um, just to come up. He's going to share some stories, you know, some scriptures, um, and he's going to help us. We're, we're going to stop. I told Chuck, let's make sure we stop and pray over you, and we're going to get this thing because. Every kingdom matter, this is a Leif Hetland quote, right? Every, every kingdom matter is a matter of the heart. I'm going to say that again. Every kingdom matter, meaning what's true in God's kingdom, is a matter of the heart. It gets down to what's going on in our heart. So, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, and would you agree with me, Holy Spirit, use Chuck right now to help our hearts to shift to the truth. <laughs> in Jesus' name. So come on, welcome up Chuck McCallum.
Amen. Amen. Well, my wife just came in. This is Linda. Give Linda a hand. Yeah, we've been married for 30 years. Isn't that amazing? Talk about God's abundance. Um, before I uh, start talking about generosity, I, was, I, I wanted to say thank you to Blazing Fire. Two years ago, I came into Blazing Fire, and I had a visitation when um, Todd was playing the song about the robe and the ring. And it kind of gets to my story about generosity. Um, and put this up here. I'll need this in a second. But I, I came here to Blazing Fire, and you, pl- you play that song quite a bit, but the Holy Spirit came on me that night with a visitation of God's love I had never experienced before. And he put a robe on me. He put a ring on me in, in my sleep. And I... It felt like it only lasted an hour. It lasted eight hours long of the Holy Spirit and the love of God just pouring into every pore in my body. Isn't that amazing? And I have been seeing um, since that time, there have been other things. I I got to go to Brazil too. You're going to love it. (laughs) Um, I've been going after God the last two years at a level that I haven't for years. I was a pastor in the vineyard. Um, I've been in business. I've seen lots of things. Um, and I realized that God's timing isn't always our timing, but there's always a time to be in his presence and to be, be intimate with him. And I've been watching my family come back. My son last week gave his heart to Jesus on Saturday night. So I, I have been seeing my whole family now is walking with the Lord. And I've been seeing this uh, reconciliation. So I, I, re- I wanted to, anybody who have family members that are not walking with Jesus, I want you to stand up. I want to go after that first. Because this is what God is abundant in his generosity. And it's not about money. It's about generosity. It's about honor. It's about love. We always have enough. And it's, it's a mind perspective that God is going to take, um, that our circumstances are not going to define the truth, but the truth is going to define our circumstances, right? So right now, I just release over you and your families in Jesus' name, Isaiah 61 promises that, uh, I need those shoes too. Um, we just stamp on, just stamp on the enemy and his work in our families' lives in Jesus' name. And we release abundant blessings in Jesus' name. And prodigals come home in Jesus' name. Prodigals come home to a loving father, to a loving mother. In Jesus' name, amen. This is a year, you know, 2015 is a year of restoration. Promises that happened, didn't happen in 2008 are happening in 2015. It's a year of jubilee, and the prodigals are coming home. I'm seeing lots of that happen in people's lives all over the place. My son flew down. We had a conference last week. Some of you have heard about it. Over a valley, On um, we had Blaine Cook. We had Ed Roca. Who, you may meet Danny because she organizes all the trips. She was here. You're going to love her. Um, and um, Holy Spirit just just flowed. 
and just touched a lot of people. We saw a lot of freedom. Um, it was it was awesome. But when I think about generosity, I think the greatest generosity was shown by the Father by giving His Son. And I want to read this scripture. I was thinking about this. Many of you read the Passion Bible, right? Do you read the Passion Bible? Okay. And it says, And we gazed upon the splendor of His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, overflowing. So Jesus came with abundance. He came with overflowing love. It just came out of his pores. I was thinking about, I was telling uh, Brent about the story of the woman who came and touched Jesus' cloak. And she had an issue of blood for how many years? Twelve years. And she said, if I just touch his cloak, I will get the abundance of his healing, his overflowing See, many of the things that we're going after in the kingdom are defined by generosity because our Father is generous. He's generous with His healing. He's generous with His love. He's generous generous with His resources. And this woman knew if she just touched His cloak, there would be a flow. And her faith brought the abundance out. See, there, there's always a... God always knows the thing that we need to do to create the faith to release the abundance. Right? She knew if she just touched his cloak, it would, it would change things right then and there. Right? And Jesus wasn't even looking for her. Right? He's, he's walking around. There's a big crowd around him, but he feels power coming out of him. Right? There was a release of the generosity of God. So it goes on to say in here, it says, with tender mercy and truth, John taught the truth about him. Would he announce to the people, he is the one, set your hearts on him. I told you he would come after me, even though he ranks far above me. For he existed before I was even born. And now out of his fullness, we are fulfilled. Yeah, we are fulfilled out of his fullness. That's abundance. And from him we receive grace heaped upon more grace. You know, I used to think of the when Paul wrote the epistles... He would say, uh, peace and grace. I always thought that was just like a religious thing. But now I realize that was an impartation of grace and peace. Um, but Jesus, the anointed one, unveils truth wrapped in tender mercy. No one has gazed upon the full, fullness of God's splendor except the uniquely beloved son who is cherished by his father and held close to his heart. Now he leads the way to the place of honor at the Father's side. God is leading us to the place of honor at the Father's side, and that's his banqueting table, right? In 2009, I I had a wedding for my oldest daughter. 2009, correct? Okay, got to get the dates right. (laughs) 2009, my oldest daughter, Bethany, got married. And, wow, you ever pay for a wedding? (laughs) We paid for that wedding, and I wouldn't have done anything different. It was, it, it was, so people are still talking about that wedding. And we had this great band there. People danced all night long. It was just awesome. It was exactly the way a wedding should be. Full of a lot of fun, joy, peace, and blessing. And in the context of that, I realized what a father's love was like. It was abundant. I didn't care that I spent thousands of dollars 
on this wedding because I knew my daughter was worth it. Do you know you're worth it? See, generosity is all based on how we know who we are in Christ. See, generosity, I'm not afraid to go and give of myself to other people because I, own, I know I will always have enough. Because as, as I know who I am as a son, it changes my perspective in everybody I deal with because I realize I have more than enough. I have more than enough money. I have more than enough honor. I have no, more than enough power. I have more than enough of everything that God would want to place in my life. All of you have more than enough. It flows from you just like it did with Jesus. It's a mindset. When you begin to really believe what God has placed in your life, it creates a spirit of generosity, and that spirit of generosity changes the environment and changes everybody around you. Uh, in 2008, um, I, I'm a businessman in this area. What happened in 2008? Everybody remember that? Recession. Stock market went way down. I was in Scotland with my son at that time, and he was in acrobatics. And I remember getting a phone call that the stock market had crashed. And I, I thought, well, we're going to enjoy our, our vacation to Scotland because <laughs> I won't have any money when I come back. Because every single one of my clients went bankrupt. Every single one of my clients went bankrupt. Have you ever been in that place before where, and I was in the middle of buying a partnership. So I needed a lot of money to pay somebody else back because I had committed to doing that. And I thought I, the two years before that, everything was going really well. And now, the economy dived, and I still had to pay this person back. I knew I had some grace there because of my relationship. Yet at the same time, uh, I was driving down 580, and I was thinking about this, and all of a sudden, I saw with my spirit eyes economic prosperity in the Livermore Valley. <laughs> I saw new buildings coming up. I, I saw trucks coming through. I saw blessing flowing through this whole tri-valley. And he goes, do you see it the way I see it? I said, God, I see it. He goes, be at peace. I'm going to bless you. When Abraham moved into, when he left Iraq and he came to Israel, God said, I'm going to bless you. He became like an oak tree. Oak trees are really good because oak trees can flourish when there's not much water and they can flourish when there's lots of water. You know, and um, and the Lord said that I'm going to make you like Abraham, where um, you're going to flourish in both seasons. And that's exactly what he did. Wow. People started coming to us for jobs. We were helping churches. Um, all God gave me jobs. New clients came around. And, it, and now all my clients who got bankrupt because I helped them and they are my friends, they all work for different companies now. And, the, and things have come back. And we are having like a major um, uh, blessing right now in this whole valley with, and in Tracy and other places, and I see it going out. And now God's using me to help people get jobs and bless people and go beyond um, my expectations. About the, 2012, when I was talking to you 
about uh, my encounter here. I had, I had never heard of Bethel before. I had never gone up to Bethel. I'd been a vineyard pastor. Um, but in 2012, I reconnected with my friend Kenny, and the Lord told me to go back to my original DNA because I have always been very open to the Holy Spirit. But, I, but the Lord wanted me to go deeper. He wanted to do something different with me. And he wanted to do something different with my family. And I went after God like I haven't gone after God in a long time. And you know what started happening? I started working less hours at work because all of a sudden I started realizing I was a son. And I started, I'm going to say this, I started making more money working less hours. And God started to show me that the reason that he blessed me in business years before had nothing to do with my hard work. Well, it had a little bit. But it was primarily because I was a son. And that he loved me as a son more than he loved my hard work. And even though he appreciated my hard work, he was going to bless me no matter what. And I've seen 2013 be our biggest year ever. I saw 2014 be even a bigger year. And I've seen God bless it as I've worked less and I've become more of a father at work and with people. And I know that's what God's imparting. He's imparting spiritual blessing on people. I can tell you that um, me and Linda have struggled. We were pastors. We have struggled financially multiple times. <laughs> I remember the first ministry trip we went on. And I actually, I, I'm thinking, I'll, I'll tell the story about the second ministry trip we went on. I remember we needed $400. And we didn't know how we would get $400 for a ministry trip. And you talk about needing additional money. And I remember a young lady who did not have that much money give us $200. Only problem is she didn't have any more money in the bank. And she gave us $200, and the Lord told her neighbor to give her groceries. And so here what she had to wait for her next check. She realized, she looks at, she looks at her checkbook, and she realizes that she gave away all her money. And the next morning, when she wakes up, somebody puts groceries at her door and says, for some reason, I felt like I was supposed to give you groceries. For, for So she got taken care of because the Lord saw in her generosity her need. She was willing to be generous, and the Lord was generous with her. See, there's, it's not about how much you have. It's how much He has of you. When He has all of you, your heart becomes generous. It becomes abundant. You realize how good of a daddy is and how well he can take care of you. The funny thing is we believed God on this whole thing for the ministry trip. We got in the car. We're driving in the car. We needed $200 more. And a guy runs up to the car and hands us $200 as we're driving to go on a ministry trip. <laughs> See, so you, you'll, you'll get the rest of your money. God will provide. He he is a good, good father. He, he cares about us, and he is so generous in uh, the things he wants to give us. I've been thinking a lot about Romans 5.17. How many of you know that passage, Romans 5.17? It's about the more. Romans chapter 5 is all about the more. We've, we've been invited into the more. It says this. It says, For if because of one man's trust... Pass, death reigned through that one, there it goes, one man. Much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign, reign in life through the one man, Jesus. 
how much more which more will receive the abundance of grace see grace is not is the abundance of grace god is imparting as i'm speaking to you right now grace i also believe that god is bringing breakthrough in finances in right now i see, i saw money coming into the bank for some of you i really believe that god is going to release inheritances in your life he's releasing finances in unexpected ways he's also going to give you new ideas I I had a word and I didn't know what it meant before I um, worship and I looked it up because I didn't know what this was seriously I didn't know what this was a, a lithograph <laughs> how many know what a lithograph is I didn't know what it was until worship it says and I felt like this was a word for this church a lithograph is a type of printing pr- process during which original works of art can be printed and reproduced. The final product also is known as a lithograph, which is an authorized copy of an original work created by an artist or other skilled craftsman. I believe that God is going to give you what he's created in heaven on earth. And he's giving you a lithograph <laughs> to create. And there are many artists here. I, I really believe there's the time of creativity is, is being released. And God wants to give a window into the kingdom of heaven his beauty through people who are willing to express it. He, you know, I, I was thinking, just get a bunch of artists and have them paint in downtown Livermore and it will change the whole environment. That's all they have to do is paint. Get a bunch of dancers and have them dance. People need to see the beauty of the Lord. And the beauty of the Lord will change the environment because the beauty of the Lord is generous and abundant. He wants to review, reveal that And he wants to use all of you to reveal that. He wants to change your mindset so you're walking in that abundant thinking in every part of your life. And it just flows from you. That is what God is releasing in your lives. You are to be a lithograph to bring what is in heaven on earth. And and I want to pray for artists later because I believe that the creativity that's here in this church, he wants to increase that. There are some ideas. There are actually some business ideas that some of you have had that haven't fully emerged. And I want to pray for you because I believe that God wants to bring a kingdom incubator to create ideas and use those ideas to produce kingdom businesses and kingdom ideas that flow out into the earth that change the way we do things. So when God does that, it's easy to be generous. But when you realize what God, I go back to my original point. When you realize what the Father did for you, that He gave His only Son, it is easy to reflect on that kind of generosity. I always have enough. I always have enough. The, the one widow who had the two shekels who gave those had enough. She had more than those people who were giving lots of money at the treasury. And Jesus saw her and saw that out of her, what she had, she gave. That's all Jesus wants. He wants all of you. He wants your heart. And so this building here is because God has given a vision to you of having a place. And um, it's funny God is going to provide for this building in such a remarkable way 
that you're going to be telling the testimony to your grandkids. Because that's how God works. He provides everything that you need. And, and you need to go after it. Um, and fully go after it because that's, that's his heart in every area of your life. Here, let me, there's a couple other things I want to talk about. How many loaves do you have? Five loaves? Seven loaves? <laughs> what do you have? Uh, Jesus talks about the leaven of the Pharisees. You know what that is? It's unbelief. Unbelief is what hinders us from fully walking into what God has for us. And unbelief is because we have not fully experienced the love of the Father. The love of the Father always produces faith. And it creates a sense of confidence about because it talks about how good it is. Every, what I do now when I go to bed at night, I always imagine that I'm in the, sleeping in the goodness of God. And I just lay in bed and I, and I feel the goodness of God. Think about that right now. Imagine yourself laying in bed and the goodness of God just, just getting all around you and you're feeling the goodness of God in every pore of your body. God just releasing that in, in every area. I'm just going to sit here for a while and I'll receive that. Come on, just... Stand up and just receive that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, thank you for the possibilities that you're creating in our minds right now, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. God, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you have, that you, we, we, we are not a separated one. The leaven of the Pharisees is, Pharisee means separated one. We are not separated from your abundance. And we are, we are united with you, Jesus. We're united with you in the love of the Father. And it produces in us faith in every area of our lives and in the abundance of our lives. And this is not an impossibility. <laughs> God, you're gonna, you're gonna do amazing things. But that's not, it's not just about that. It's amazing things in each one of your lives. Right now, God, I'm just, I'm just gonna pray. Any of you who are struggling financially, God is going to impart something to you right now. Okay? I, I just break generational, um, strongholds, um, of, of unbelief in finances in Jesus' name. And I just release, uh, a, <laughs> a Father's blessing in the area of financing in Jesus' name. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Thank you, God. Yeah. God can even tell you about stocks. I mean, He can do anything. <laughs> he knows how to how to do things. <laughs> there it is. Mm. 
Thank you, Jesus. God, give us the faith that asks for future realities today. That kind of faith. Future realities today. The Lord spoke to me the other day about the paper clip. <laughs> that was invented in 1898. I, I keep having these little things happen. and I, The paper clip actually changed everything, huh? Somebody just thought about this little metal thing and folded it up into an idea, right? That's how God works. He gives ideas to his people in, in amazing ways to create prosperity. God is not against prosperity. He's for generosity. And, and that, that is the type of God. So he, he is for your prosperity so that you can be generous with what God has placed in your life. Um, I think I'd like to just pray for people, impart to people, Brent. Uh, I just, uh, I just, I just want us to pray for people and have people come forward. Can we do one thing first? So, so basically, I think we're just going to be laying hands on people, yeah, which yeah. is awesome. Um, when Chuck, um, we asked him to come when we were looking at, at some of the buildings for our church because part, part of what Chuck does, he's kind of in, in um, construction. I won't get into all of it right now, but, but somewhat in that field. And so I said, Chuck, would you come? Because I also knew that he's, he's a, a man of faith, and it was the right move because when he came... We, we walked through one of the buildings, and then we saw we saw Chuck in there, and he started. He's this encourager, and he's really um, it, it rubs off on you really fast. Like he has the Father's heart, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, he wants this for you guys more than you want it," and things like that. Yeah, yeah. And um, and so I wanted to ask you to do two things. I wanted to ask if you, uh, however God would have you pray, because I know you just were kind of doing that, but just uh, with all of us here agreeing with you for for god's heart for a place of our own and then secondly is I, I, there's many of you in this room who um need a place of your own yeah. and so i want to i want to pray for that too before we have you come up individually lands can we do that yeah let's right. do that okay that's good let's let's just lay hands on this house okay come on yeah some of the pastoral staff come on up we'll pray for this house okay and we'll pray into this house what God is putting into it. That's what I think we should do. We should pray. We should pray what God wants to put into this house. <laughs> Todd's up here. We're now blasted. So, <laughs> come on, Todd. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like the Lord wants to say this is a gift and not a demand. It's a gift, not a demand. And a gift is something that comes from, that comes at Christmas time when you want to spoil your children. A gift is something that you give out because you want to bless someone. So this is a gift and not a demand. So we thank you, God, for this wonderful gift of a home for Blazing Fire, but also for the whole Tri-Valley, an opportunity for creativity, 
an opportunity to house the youth, <laughs> an opportunity to see kingdom realities dreamed for years in Jesus' name um, by these uh, leaders. We just release your grace. And I even pray for the decorations. <laughs> I pray that just like you decorate your temple, that this would be decorated exactly the way you want it to. And we release it in Jesus' name. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Todd, put your heart in there. Come on. Come on. This place exists. And it <clears throat> it's to hold the glory of God. And it's to be around the clock a place of safety, a sanctuary, a place of sanctuary. And uh, <laughs> a place where uh, relationships are going to burst forth, uh, where family will be developed um, more than we've been talking about, even more than more than we can imagine. Um, I just want to thank you, God, for this place. Thank you that you already know it, where it is. Thank you so much, God, that you're going to be worshipped in this place like crazy. <laughs> Uh, without hindrance, God, and that we'll learn there how to go deeper than we ever have before. That we'll have, we'll learn how to really just like step into heaven and here and, uh, and bring that into this, this whole atmosphere around here. God, thank you so much for the answer. A place of healing for bodies and for souls and for spirits place for freedom for those who have been held captive a place a place where of restoration a place for meeting with you and being transformed place where sons and daughters can come back to their papa place to find you god to grow with you and then to go forth with your love and make a difference transforming the earth god thank you for angels that are ascending and descending over this place thank you god that day and night night and day let incense arise oh ah all right. Night and day, day and night, let incense arise. Day and night, night and day, let incense arise. One more time. Day and night, night and day, let incense arise. Day and night, night and day, let incense arise. So thank you, God. Thank you that the, the tabernacle of David is, 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 uh, being built all over the earth, that the praise is going up and your kingdom is coming down. Heaven's coming down. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. 
Well, I, I just saw Blazing Fire blessing businesses in Pleasanton. And um, I think uh, God really wants to stir up favor in the area. And God is going to show you the community and how to bless. And I pray that um, um, I think that God's going to give you greater favor in the Pleasanton community, the Tri-Valley. And we just release that over you in Jesus' name. And the ability to see um, how to honor um, the the community here in greater ways. I pray for uh, the 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 authority of uh, that's that you that is originally part of the DNA of Blazing Fire in outreach and uh, release of blessing of businesses. And I pray that you'd raise up um, business people that would have a heart to see the healing that wants to happen through this building and to be able to um, bring their resources as well to the table. Um, And uh, that doesn't mean we don't all bring our resources, but God, you always multiply things. It's you, you've got the match fun um, (laughs) equation. You match heart equation. It's about heart. If we give two shinkles, you'll give, $2,000. $2,000. You, you will match hearts. So our, in our generosity, God, I pray that you release a spirit of generosity that you would free us up to see you as a abundant father in our finances as well as everything else, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So I just, uh, I release the spirit of hospitality over you. Yeah, that's good. And, and this is going to be a building of hospitality. And the Bible says to not neglect to be hospitable because some have entertained angels. And angels are attracted to hospitality. Yeah. <laughs> they love it. They love to come where there's a party and there's some food. And just like the rest of us do. And this house is going to be a house of hospitality. Just so many are going to come and just get love done. All right. So, um, so the one, the other thing was that, so if you are, if you are needing a house, like you don't have your own and you want a house, I'm going to ask you to stand. If you, if you need, if you just need a place, some of you are like in the middle of places. I just need a place to lay my head. Um, but you're needing, you're needing God a, a breakthrough for a place of your own, whatever that means to you. Then I want you to stand. We're gonna have, I'm gonna have yeah. Chuck pray. What, one other thing, business ideas. See, God, you, like He'll stir certain people with ideas in business to bring prosperity to the whole group. So uh, that's what He does in family. He, he releases things. So later, maybe over here to the left or something, we'll, pr- we'll, I'd like to pray for ideas, creative ideas, business ideas for people and release on that. So, yeah. All right. Mm. Mm. I think you should pray. I think you should pray for the What I'm, what I'm seeing and feeling is the Father's delight 
his pleasure to take care of you. And his, his abundance. He says, oh, kids, I'm so excited. I, I can't wait to show you what I have for you. And so, Father, thank you um, that, that even right now, in every single heart, I'm asking for that seed, that childlike um, faith of knowing that you're a good papa, that you have something, that you have good things in store. And so I'm declaring, God, I'm just declaring heaven to earth now. Everything belongs to you, God, including the land. Everything belongs to you. And so, God, would you release to every single one of your children here the land, the buildings, the apartments, whatever it is they are asking for right now, I'm asking that you would release it to them, that next place for them. Whoa. Father, thank you for even, I, 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 we're, we're, we are uh, blessing and empowering the angels who are actually going to go and work some things out on your behalf because that's what they're here to do. They work with heaven. They work with the Father's plans. Wow. Some of you have thought this thought, how could I ever own my own place in the Bay Area? I have some news for you. If, if God is the one who brought you here, if he's the one who wants you here, he has a way. He has a way for you to be here. And, and I do believe that with the authority that comes with you having your own place, that it's the Father's heart, it's the Father's good pleasure to do this for you, to release to you the land, the buildings, the houses. Now, Father, let hope rise up. Let hope rise up. Let hope rise up in hearts that this isn't just another, oh, nice, I stood up for a prayer. No, let hope arise, God, that something is going on right now in heaven. We're living in a different time in history. And I'm telling you again, if God, if God called you to be here, He will keep you here. He will provide everything that you need to be here. So hope, rise up, hope, rise up, hope, rise up again. In Jesus' name.